0: Welcome to your Canadians Connection on Rocket Sports Radio. This premier hockey podcast, featured on AllHabs.net, brings you the latest news, in depth analysis, and expert commentary about the NHL's most storied franchise, the Montreal Canadiens. With your hosts, Joe Whalen and Rick Stevens. Our team of credentialed journalists provides behind the scenes insight on the Canadians, designed to inform, entertain, and engage Habs fans around the globe. We are proud to be the trusted source for all things Habs for more than a decade. This is the Canadians Connection Podcast.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Canadian's Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio, uh, keeping you informed, engaged, and entertained. My name is Joseph Whalen, and I'm going to be your host for the next hour. This is episode 106 of the Canadian's Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio, and I'm pleased to be joined in the studio by my co-host, the uh, editor-in-chief, the president, the founder of Rocket Sports Media, Rick Stevens. Rick, how are you doing today?
2: Well, to be honest, I'm doing fine and and excited to be here, but uh, uh, we were just talking pre-show that had my flu shot yesterday, as I encourage everyone to do, and I feel like I got hit by a bus. But uh, other than that, other than that, I'm feeling great, and um, it was such, a again, uh, an amazing week uh, in hockey for the Montreal Canadiens. We've got a ton to talk about uh, today we've got some uh, free agent sign, uh, free agent signing, uh, contract extensions. Um, y- you know, last week we had a pretty full show, and um, amazingly, um, it was our most listened to uh, episode of 2020. And I want to thank uh, everyone, every one of our viewers for, our or, uh, listeners for, um, for. Uh, not only listening to the yeah. episode, but for uh, uh, passing it on, uh, sharing it, uh, getting their friends uh, and and uh, and others to uh, to know about it. So uh, this this podcast is growing, uh, our our listenership is growing, and we just uh, we're we're very very grateful to uh, all of you out there.
1: But yeah, just a, a remarkable week in the world of sports, Rick, and we've had some contract signings that we're going to get to, and certainly social media. Has uh, been aflame with all the news of the past week. A flame? A flame. Really? A flame.
2: Whoa. Uh, are you talking about that ice resurfacer video? Um, uh, completely engulfed in flames. Uh,
1: did, did you say ice resurfacer?
2: Yeah, ice resurfacer. What's wrong with that?
1: D- d- do you mean a Zamboni? Oh, no.
2: Oh, no. Here we go. All oh. Right. All right, you've what? done it. You've done it. Um, all oh, okay. right, I'm. I'm. I, I I'm required. I'm required to to read this. This is an official statement that we've received, official media release from the Zamboni company. And now you've done it. Oh, okay. Um, to whom it may concern, there have been numerous improper references to Zamboni in connection with an unfortunate incident in Rochester, New York, on Wednesday, October 14th. The ice resurfacing machine seen on fire in the photos and videos which were shared online was not manufactured by the Zamboni company. And uh, Joseph Whalen, it should not be referred to as a Zamboni, which in and itself is an improper reference as a noun. We appreciate the numerous posts by members of the public where they have taken the opportunity to point out that it was not a Zamboni brand ice resurfacer, illustrating the awareness that the use of the brand name Zamboni as a generic product descriptor is incorrect. So, what the heck?
1: So, what? There's ice resurfacers that they're. Okay, this is this is news to me. I don't know if it's an are-
2: Olympia, but I don't want to say that because we might get another media release from those folks.
1: <laughs> this, is, this is all news to me. I There's ice resurfacers that earn Zambonis. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, this is... I, I don't even know what to do at this point. This is the most 2020 thing that I've ever seen. <laughs> I, everyone's been saying that about anything at all in the year 2020 where anything remotely... Uh, unfortunate happens, and everyone says, "Oh, that's the most 2020." I think this is the most 2020 thing. I think Not so. only the 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 ice resurfacer in flames, but me finding out that there's a difference between some Zambon- zamboni and an ice resurfacer. Uh, this is uh, this is too much for me, Rick. I think a, we have to stop the episode here. A, a critical difference
2: <laughs> yeah, before we get in any kind of legal trouble here. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but Rick, uh, as I was saying, uh, social media. Has been a buzz, has been a flame, whatever it is you'd like to say. There's been a lot going on this week, and we certainly have a lot to get to. So I say we get this show on the road and steer it Mm -hmm. away from any conversation that might get us in legal trouble, (laughs) as you just said. Uh, So, Rick, starting things off with, well, we're going to get to the signings. Just as an aside to set it up, the show for all of our lovely listeners who you just mentioned uh, made last week the most listened to show of 2020. Uh, In segment number two, we're going to be talking a little bit more. We touched on this last week. We're going to be getting to it a little bit more in depth. The criticism that has been coming and directed at Trevor Timmons following the 2020 NHL draft and has since uh, been directed towards Marc Bergevin as well. And you got the former general manager, defenseman of the Montreal Canadiens, Serge Savard, commenting on uh, that so we are going to be getting to that in segment two uh, just as a a heads up but first we'll get to the different signings that we've seen this week and this was one that we have seen coming for a while Um, Charles Houdon uh, signs with Lausanne in the National League of Switzerland I don't think that's that comes as a huge surprise uh, but now it, it is official
2: uh, Charles Houdon um, had, had, uh, I think, uh, been given opportunities and uh, hadn't been able to take advantage of them at the NHL level. I think uh, he had some frustration, the team had some frustration, and, and things kind of uh, have come to a natural end. Uh, the Canadians, to retain his rights, um, uh, qualified him, uh, be- him being a restricted free agent. Uh, but then now um, Charles uh, is is uh, was off to Switzerland. Actually, last Saturday he he left uh, uh, to arrive in Switzerland on Saturday to beat a new uh, set of restrictions that were imposed by the Swiss government on Monday, uh, as Canada was added to their red list. Uh, so he arrived without a contract uh, without a visa and those kinds of details uh, had to be worked out Uh, they were um, and he actually got into um, his first game with his new teammates uh, and made an impact immediately a three and nothing win for Lausanne uh, where um, Houdon collected a, a goal and an assist so um uh, not a bad start, and he's there to provide offense. And uh, um, the game a little bit uh, speedier for him uh, than uh, than he could uh, adjust to in in the NHL, but not so much in the Swiss League. And uh, a great start from there, and I, I think he'll he'll be comfortable, and and maybe even he'll uh, shine so that uh, he'll uh, attract some uh, attention. I think that's his goal is attracting attention yeah. from other teams around the NHL.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I think that this was this is the natural progression of things because we've seen in Montreal at least um, He hasn't been able to adapt to the speed of the NHL um, He's been a, a producer at the AHL level that just hasn't been able to translate his game uh, Going overseas I think is is a smart move for him and obviously you want to wish him all the best uh, Wherever his uh, journey takes him uh, after this season If it's back in the NHL if he, if he finds a suitor, if he finds a team that's interested in him following uh, his season there we'll see but uh, this seems to be the uh, natural progression of things. Um, and Rick, in addition to that, uh, we have seen in the last number of weeks, young players around the NHL and the Montreal Canadiens uh, have been uh, included in that, making a concerted effort to loan young players to teams overseas so they can get in some game action. And Jesperi Kotkaniemi is no different. He has been loaned to us out of the Finnish Elite League. And uh, this seems to be, I mean, for him to get in some game action. We saw the form that he had in the playoffs. You want to maintain that if possible. And keeping him in game shape, I think, is the best way to do that.
2: Well, in the, in the pause, he, uh, he certainly uh, uh, paid attention to his conditioning and uh, made an immediate impact in the return to play and the playoffs. And as you said, uh, don't stop that momentum. Uh, he looked great uh, for the Canadians. And, and by the end of the playoffs, was uh, firmly uh, had hold of that uh, uh, second line center spot, and so um, uh, Mark Bergevin uh, worked out the details uh, with the club in um, in Finland, and uh, now he can get some uh, games under his belt, uh, and and then uh, be be uh, released to come back once the uh, once the the uh, NHL is ready to uh, launch their next season.
1: Yeah, and, and like you said, yeah, it's going to be that continuation of momentum that you want to see, especially from a young player like Kardyniemi, who uh, clearly, I mean, he was a he was a shining star in the playoffs for the Montreal Canadiens. So you want to see that continue. Uh, so Rick, we get to the fun part here: uh, some contracts mm. that were signed this week by Mark Bergevin, and this one we were discussing this before the show. Uh, this one I think came out of left field. For both of us. Me, because I wasn't expecting the Montreal Canadiens to make an addition via free agency, and you, because it, it wasn't quite who you thought maybe the Canadians would go after uh, if they were going to make an addition uh, through free agency. And uh, it was Tyler Toffoli who they ended up signing to a four-year contract worth $17 million. Uh, $4.25 million is the annual average value of that contract. Uh, so, Rick, you get a guy in the fold who has uh, a, a a track record of success as it pertains to scoring goals, obviously a Stanley cup champion as well. It doesn't hurt to add some experience like that to the team. Uh, so the Montreal Canadians, I think making a, a very good addition here.
2: Yeah, I like it. Um, it's, uh, you know, in, in uh, our um, question and answer, our, our listener and subscriber question and answer show a couple of weeks ago, uh, there was a question of, of uh, who the Canadians uh, might target. And a couple of names came up, uh, Hoffman being one. Although uh, there was a bit of baggage there, and and Dadinoff, uh is one that I suggested. And and um, uh, although you might get a little bit more offense from Dadanov, um, or the Toffoli uh, addition, he gives you more versatility, I think, at a younger age. Um, and uh, I I think it's. Uh, the 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 difficulty there is going to be uh, how to fit him in uh, he's a right winger he's been on played on the right side his entire career um, there's some who incorrectly have stated that uh, he plays both the left and the right he does not uh, he, he's played a couple of times uh, in junior uh, a couple of times in uh, uh, over the past year in, in, uh, in L.A., but, but he's it, it was just kind of out of necessity. He's comfortable. The numbers that you see uh, him generating and the reason he was able to uh, be a free agent and, and sign that free agent uh, contract worth $4.25 million is the, the, the success that he's had playing on the right side. Now, uh, we'll, we'll play some clips a little later, and uh, I mentioned versatility. Uh Toffoli is, is uh, the kind of guy who, um, listen, he, he'll, he's willing to try. And, and apparently Mark Bergevin asked if he'd be willing to try on the left side to see if uh, that could help their, uh, their issues. We know that Canadians have Brennan Gallagher. Uh, they have Josh Anderson. They have uh, now Toffoli, uh, Armia, uh, Cole Caulfield on the way. Uh, all those guys play the right side, so something's going to have to give, and um, and it's going to take some shuffling, uh, perhaps, and and maybe some ingenuity by uh, Claude Julien yeah. when putting together the uh, the lines.
1: That's obviously going to be something yeah, that you're going to have to consider going forward. The thing that I like about this contract, though, for the Canadians, obviously, uh, 4.25 is, is, is a pretty friendly AAV to go forward on a four-year deal. Um, it gives you, and, and a guy that we're going to talk about in a, in a few moments, uh, it gives you a little bit of insurance because we know... We're going to be touching on it a little bit later. Brendan Gallagher's style of play going forward, you don't know. its He's had injuries before, and he's dealt with you know hand injuries, some concussions, he had the jaw. Um, you had Josh Anderson, you signed him to a seven-year deal. The shoulder, although he would be one to tell you that there's nothing to worry about with the shoulder, as we discovered last week. You have some concerns going forward with those two guys. Tyler Toffoli is somebody that, Throughout his career, I mean, he's been somebody that can reliably score 20 to 30 goals, and somebody that can provide you uh, a little bit of insurance. You, you obviously hope that they can all stay healthy, but if that's not the case, it's good to have some guys. It's good to have some depth, and that's the big thing here for Montreal. Is this gives them some depth, and it gives them the chance to be a little bit, um, a little bit creative with how they go about this. It gives them some options, which is going to be huge going forward. Um, One signing this week that uh, I think was almost more surprising to me than the Tyler Toffoli contract was a two-year extension for Jake Allen um, on a a two-year extension with an annual average value of $2.875 million. Uh, That is uh, a little bit surprising given that he hasn't played a game yet. Obviously, the the AAV a little bit more palatable than it is right now (laughs) for this coming season. But still, uh, before he's even played a game, they set him to do a two-year extension. Um, so obviously, I think trying to, you want to have a goaltender you can expose. You can expose Michael McNiven when the time comes in the expansion draft uh, for the Seattle Kraken. But maybe Jake Allen is a bit more of a, of a appealing option for them. Who knows? But that is one side of it. But $2.875 million for a backup goaltender for two more years.
2: I like that. Uh, we we talked a, a lot about uh, how expensive uh, Jake Allen is as a backup, in and he's going to be in the 2020-2021 year uh, at four point three five million. Uh, this is this is far more um, in his ballpark or or what yeah. it should be two point eight seven five. Um, as you mentioned, it's uh, a lot of people talking about this. This is. Uh, was necessary for uh, the expansion draft it wasn't uh, as you correctly said uh, McNiven would have uh, met those requirements i think what what happens here is if uh, jake allen is is taken by seattle it steers um, uh, the seattle team away from uh, pieces like sharott or yeah. Uh, Edmondson that that may have to be uh, exposed in the the uh, um, expansion draft, uh, but I think there's a more important uh, 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 reason, and that is Caden Primo and and his readiness for for the NHL. And I've said um, for a long time that uh, you know there's a lot a lot of excitement about Caden Primo, and and there should be, uh, but he's very very raw, and uh, we've seen him have. Uh, ups and downs in uh, the this past uh, season uh, for the Laval rocket. And he needs um, he needs at least a, a season, if not more um, to to uh, to adjust and 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 uh, to harness uh, the kind of talent that he has and, and develop it fully, especially if, um, this next season is going to be reduced in games or late starting or uh, Caden Primo needs work. Uh, and, uh, and if anything, um, you know, reduces that, uh, I think the, the, uh, the Canadians are making sure that uh, they've got somebody in place at uh, the NHL level so they don't have to rush Primo into that role prematurely.
1: Yeah, and I mean, if, you, if you've got time, you should use it, and you have the opportunity here with a guy who does have a track record of being a, a solid backup goaltender. He was in this in this role this past season uh, with, Joe, uh, obviously, Jordan Bennington taking over in St. Louis. He got the opportunity to play in the backup role, and, and he had success at that. Granted, that came on a team that is... Superior to the Montreal Canadiens, we can't sugarcoat it. As is the case with the likes of Pareko and Petrangelo in front of him, but I mean, if you can get him at a little bit of a friendlier AAV as they did here, I think this was something that you you should have you should have certainly considered, and, and they ended up getting it done. So, a good bit of business there for Mark Bergevin. Um, and then the the main course uh, for this week <laughs> was the Brendan Gallagher six-year contract extension worth 39 million, 6.5 AAV came after reports uh, of uh, that had emerged saying negotiations had stalled and it didn't look promising. Uh, but the sides came to an agreement the following day uh, and they got that done, which is obviously huge. I think this was something that they needed to get figured out. They needed to get ironed out. And uh, they ultimately did, even though there was a little bit of a, it was a bit of a bumpy road, but they got there
2: it wasn't that curious. And, and I know that uh, there was a lot of Canadians fans on social media, absolutely panicking uh, when they heard the news Uh, and, um, you know, claiming, well, probably rightly so that, that uh, Brendan Gallagher uh, may not be, you know, the the leader or, or the best player, but, but the heart of the team. And, and uh, it, 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 I guess it's just the um, unfamiliarity with how negotiations happen. And um, Mark Bergevin had plenty of opportunities uh, this past week to, to, to uh, be behind a microphone. Um, yeah. <laughs> and he said that he doesn't negotiate in public. However, uh, he sent a pretty strong message, I think, with, with this quote. Uh, there are players who will make, have to make sacrifices to stay in Montreal. Um, and and um, I think that was that was a message to Gallagher. It was a message to De It was a message to you know um, others at uh, Tatar uh, others as well yeah. that that um, you're going to have to you're going to have to take uh, less uh, maybe than, than you think you'll uh, take. And so that was that was Bergevin shot across the bow, sending a message out there. Well, Jerry Johansson has been a- around this racetrack a couple of times. Yeah. <laughs> so Jerry uh, let it be known um, and leaked it out that negotiations had broke off, and social media went crazy. Uh, so that was that was their side's pushback to Mark Bergevin saying, "Hey, our guy's pretty popular here. You better not mess. <laughs> you better not mess with this." Um, it's all the art of the negotiation and uh, and both sides uh, pushed a little and eventually they came to uh, and found some middle ground. And I think it's it's uh, ground that both sides can be uh, happy with.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're talking about a guy and, and obviously we're going to get to some of the quotes that are coming up, but you go back to the, the playoffs and, and Mark Bergevan touched on it with, with how Brendan Gallagher battled to stay out there on the ice even after having his jaw broken. I mean, this is a guy that means so much to that room, and uh, Carey Price talked about it. Carey Price talked about mm-hmm. the heart of Brendan Gallagher, and uh, it, it, just, it it's great to see this get done because obviously I think Montreal Canadiens fans uh, definitely wanted to see Brendan Gallagher uh, in the, uh, the Blue Blanc et Rouge going forward, and that was something that uh, certainly uh, it was good to see get done. So, Rick, with all that said, we'll uh, we'll move to the They Said What segment where we're going to hear from uh, Mark Bergervan, of course, because, as you said, he had lots of opportunity to speak this week, uh, Tyler Toffoli, and, of course, Brendan Gallagher. So uh, we'll start off uh, with Mark Bergervan And uh, what exactly were Mark Bergervan's four priorities for this offseason?
3: Well, the backup goalie, defenseman with size, uh, power for gets us bigger, and some goal scoring. Yeah, we have to because of the cap situation moving forward. We have two young players will have to play on your team. And uh, I believe it goes across the league. You'll see more young and younger players will move forward because of this old uh, uh, virus and shutting down and having the cap flat for years to come. So we'll need some young players because younger players are the ones that help you cap uh, the most. So we need to be uh, planning on having these kids as here as soon as possible without rushing them. I mean, going all in. Uh, we didn't. We didn't give any prospect up. We didn't give any pro- uh, draft picks. So uh, I don't look at it being going all in that way. I mean, we put a, a team on the ice that we believe is going to be competing better than was last year. A team that's ahead, a lot better when the season finished. But as far as draft pick and prospect, that bank's still there, which is it's very good for our organization moving forward. Yeah, internally, we. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've talked to Claude about. Uh, what I was trying to do accomplish and uh, what were his thoughts on it. So uh, he's on board. He understands that we had to make some changes. We had to might have to move people around to make it work, but that's part of coaching and Claude is a coach with a lot of experience. So, uh, yeah, I'm sure you'll see where everybody fits. But at the end of the day, yeah, we, we're here to have success. And uh, I thought we, we brought some, some good pieces to help our club moving forward.
2: So there's a lot there. Uh, and Bergevin is pretty clear about... Uh, the direction that they're going in. And remember um, um, weeks back when all over social media, everybody was saying, oh, the Canadians have $20 million to spend, $25 million. And Bergevin came out and said he was going to be careful and he was going to be cautious. And we advised our listeners, and our listeners were maybe ahead of the curve on on some of the rest about um, understanding Bergevin's approach to this. Um, and the reason um, he's so careful and cautious is that uh, while there was a bit of cap, cap flexibility uh, going into the 2020-21 season, there is a huge cap crunch for the Canadians in the 21 uh, 22 season. Uh, it's coming, and the, the Canadians have to plan for that. So uh, what's happening here? I think that... Um, Mark Bergevin has 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 changed because you know he mentioned his four priorities: backup goalie, uh, a defenseman with size. That's his priority. Remember, uh, we talked yeah. about a first pairing, uh, a puck moving defenseman. His priority is different, uh, but but essentially adding a defenseman, uh, a goal scorer. We talked about that, uh, and a and a increasing size, so a power forward. These were all priorities for the team uh, in the last offseason, and it didn't happen. Uh, but now there seems to be more of a priority for Mark Bergevan to be more active. And he's been more active yep. uh, this year. Why is that? Because there's a change coming. And we've talked about matching these prospects to um, and the, the timeline with the aging uh, veterans. So they're both kind of uh, at, a, at a peak at, at the right time. And we're coming to that time in the next uh, year or two. And uh, so he was asked about going all in because of the pressure from the veterans. Price has spoken about uh, nice to have prospects, but but uh, I want to win. Weber's talked about uh, winning a Stanley Cup. Petrie, we in yep. the uh, after the playoffs, talked about his priorities. Gallagher, uh, the reason for coming to um, for signing this contract extension included winning and 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 uh, having conversations about that. Uh, so uh, there's all of these things that are moving, are, that are 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 propelling, I would say, Bergevin in a completely um, different kind of direction than we've seen him before. And I think so far um, uh, he has to be given credit for for following that and and with some some uh, very good moves in the off season so far.
1: Yeah, and I mean, listen, you talk about a team, I mean. No one was really expecting the Montreal Canadiens to beat the Pittsburgh Penguins, and they do because they have a fresh carry price, and they do have pieces there that obviously you just touched on with the aging veterans now, with Gallagher, with Weber, with Petrie, that can contribute to a winning team. You just need to surround those guys, and he's done that, which I think he deserves a lot of credit for because in previous years, he hasn't been this active. Um, uh, and so, yeah.
2: And just to add to that, um, he, a little later in his press con- conference, he was asked about expectations, and as we always do, to tamper those expectations, uh, he did that because we can't we can't forget that the Canadians were 24th in the National Hockey League last last regular season. They were on track for an 82 point season. Uh, they were equally bad on the the power play as well as they were on the penalty kill 19th on the penalty kill 22nd on the power play so they've added some good pieces but yeah but where does that get them does get, that get them back into the playoffs again does it get them all the way to be able to compete with a team like uh tampa or others boston or or those at the the upper echelon we got to temper our expectations. Moving in the right direction, but uh, let's let's have some calm here.
1: Yeah, personnel changes are great. You need to at this point now. I think you need to start thinking about the tactical changes that are going to be necessary mm-hmm. for this team to take that next step. Uh, but Rick Mark Bergevin also touched on the reason for the contract extension for Jake Allen?
3: Well, I had it obviously before I, I did anything. I've talked to my goalie coach and I uh, got his, his, his advice on what do you see Caden and Caden's a very good, young, promising prospect. And the best him we see now is to play some games. I mean, uh, you look at the Corey Crawford with Stefan had in Chicago, played lots of games in the American Hockey League. So uh, goalies are probably the one that take the more time to become a, uh, ready to play. So uh, there's no rush with Caden and uh, uh, extending Jake doesn't mean we don't see uh, Caden. We just, we're protecting him as far as being a goalie and, you know, and again, time will tell. I mean, we, we, we see him as a really hot prospect, but the rest is going to be up to him to, to show that he's still progressing to become an NHL goalie sooner.
2: So as we talked about in the last, uh, uh, little bit, uh, uh, sure. Uh, as people are saying, this is was all about the expansion draft. Mark Bergerman saying, uh, hold up there. Uh, yeah. After I talked to Stefan, wait, uh, this is this is about the development of Caden Primo.
1: Yeah, and that should be at the at, that should be first and foremost when you're thinking about this because obviously an expansion draft, even though we didn't see it, we, we saw one not too long ago, is a little bit of something. It's not something that you genu- genu- uh, gen generally, excuse me, <laughs> have to concern yourself with. I got it. I got there eventually, <laughs> but it's not something you generally have to concern yourself with. But what you do have to concern yourself with. Is the prospects and where they are and how long, how far along they are in their development. So that's certainly something I think that that should be at the at the first and foremost of, of Mark Bergevan's mind. Um, but as I just touched on a little bit ago when I was talking about the right side for the Montreal Canadiens, and as we were discussing, um, it looks like something might have to give there going forward. But at least for the time being the Montreal Canadiens have got some options and Mark Bergevin touched on that.
3: You know, when we brought uh, him and, and, and Ty and, and we, now we have Galley, they're all right shot. I get it, but they're all different. They all bring some different aspect to their game, all effective in different ways. Uh, so that's what we, you know, Ty just sna- sniper He's a goal scorer. Galley's just this guy that relentless. And then uh, he's always at the cage in the blue. And then, uh, and Andy, Josh, that's a big body that goes to the net. And, uh, you know, so they all bring something different that it's going to give our coaching staff a lot of options. Um, this this goes back to our
2: show uh, uh, last week when we were talking about Trevor Timmons. And um, he was saying our prospect pool needs one of those uh, when he was talking about Luke Tuck. And, yeah. um, and, and it seems like there's been a, a change in the organizational view that um, the criticism of the Montreal Canadiens has been that they had too many similar type players. And Mark Bergevin has explained that very carefully, that uh, it's, a, it's a puzzle for, for uh, uh, them working with, with Claude Julien to put together. But you need different uh, players with different kind of characteristics, different kind of qualities uh, to make that puzzle truly come together.
1: Yeah, you need some corners, you need some middles, you need it all to, to come together in a good way. So that'll be, but yeah, they definitely needed that. And I think that when you look at those three guys, as he said, I think you get different elements from each of them that make them effective players. And certainly I think Josh Anderson brings an element that really wasn't here before they acquired him. So that's a positive um, right and there. To Toffoli, so, Toffoli too. Foley too, exactly. Yeah. So uh, moving on to our friend Pat Hickey, who has the question about the Canadians cap situation.
2: Siki. hey Mark, thanks for doing this. Will it be difficult to get down below the cap.
3: No. Okay. Good. Thank you. You're
1: welcome. Yep. Cool. All right. That was simple. Glad to hear from Pat. Yep. We like we like those we like those answers. Those uh-huh. are the ones that we really like.
2: <laughs> the Canadians are over the presently uh, yes. slightly over. The NHL cap. What happens if you uh, if the season starts and you're still over the cap? You don't play. That's that's the penalty. Yeah. The penalty is pretty clear. So uh, the Canadians will have to uh, be cap compliant when the season yeah. uh, starts. But there's lots of time and lots of different ways that can happen.
1: Absolutely. I don't think there's any cause for concern there. And certainly with the one word answer, uh, Mark Bergevin expressing that. So, moving on to the new guy. Tyler Toffoli, um, and he talked about all the reasons why he's excited to come uh, play for the Montreal Canadiens.
4: My decision on coming to Montreal, just knowing the, uh, the fan base and how passionate they are, you, you look at the players on the team and, and what they've done this offseason already with, with who, who they've added to what I already think is a good team, uh, it's really exciting. I think it's an exciting time to be a Canadian I, I feel like I've kind of heard my name uh, when I was with L.A., heard my name that Montreal kind of wanted me. So that definitely held my decision a little bit, um, knowing that I, I was wanted uh, previously. But definitely, I think the moves that they've made this offseason and then uh, seeing what they did in the playoffs and, and how well they're playing, it's, uh, it just shows how, how good of a team and, uh, and the potential that they have. I, I think I think Pat definitely helped. Obviously, everybody knows knows Pat, and he's he's well connected with with the, the organization and and he has friends throughout. But I think just the little things he said. I would love the city. Obviously, talking to my wife about it, uh, she would love the city as well. So, with within that, it uh, it also comes to uh, the team and and how well the players are and and how good the team is and and the future that uh, that it involves. And that was definitely something that you know, help my decision. Yeah, I mean, I've, I played right when, uh, you know, most of my career, but there, there is, there's been times throughout where um, I've played on the left and um, things worked out. So I'm willing to, to play either side and, and whatever is best to help the team and, and make us all, you know, more successful. We obviously, we had um, a little bit of discussion and asked if I'd be uh, willing to, you know, give it a try and, uh, I said, like I told you guys just now, that um, if I were to come here, I'd be willing to to do whatever and um, wherever they feel fit, and we'd have the best chemistry. I, I'd be willing to do. So we'll see. Um, we'll see what happens. Uh, I think it was just a lot of discussions with with Pat and um, you know my wife and my parents, just seeing where where we felt that we could you know settle in a little bit and you know not only like where we're living, but uh, be su- successful on the ice and. Uh, I think the environment in Montreal and, and the way the way everything goes. Every time I've been to Montreal and played, it's been really exciting. And um, the rink is the rink is you know it's it's different. There's not many uh, arenas that have the the same e- electricity as as the Bell Center. So I'm really excited for
2: it. So he's very excited, and we wanted to include a bit of a longer clip there because he's a new player to the organization, yeah. and so that you get a real flavor of who Tyler. Tyler Toffoli is and and how he came to this decision because it's a big deal when a free agent signs in Montreal and um you 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 saw the the or you heard the the uh Various criteria that he used to make uh, his decision. It's pretty clear that he was keeping an eye on the, the Canadians uh, during the playoffs and 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 took note of of uh, how well they played. And um, you know, one of the the difficulties he had uh, adapting in Vancouver, although he, he he did all right. He did was, all right. Yeah, yeah. Was was uh, they didn't have that uh, second line center for him to connect with. But he said he'd be comfortable playing with. Uh, you know, any of the the centers that the Canadians had and made mention in particular of, of the young centers. Um, there was also an aspect of, of you know, moving from uh, the Western Conference and the West Coast, having been in, in LA and, and Vancouver, to, to this side of, of the continent. And, um, you know, he's from Toronto. Uh, his parents are in Toronto. He made mention that uh, his parents would be able to uh, see him and come to games much more often. Uh, his wife is, is open to Montreal. So it, it seems like, uh, you know, he took a, a, a rather holistic view at, at uh, whether this would be a good opportunity for him. And as he said, um, it's just an exciting time to be uh, a Canadian, and, and he made that choice.
1: And he gets to update that photo that he posted on Instagram of him in That's a right. Canadian's jersey from uh, <laughs> from his childhood. So played for the Toronto Junior
2: that. Canadians, yeah,
1: yeah. So there you go, played with the with the logo there and the colors. So uh, it'll be an interesting one to see. Uh, but we'll get into uh, the guy that we've heard from. I mean, in the past, and we continue to hear from going forward the next six years is Brendan Gallagher, and uh, he explained the priorities for his new contract.
5: You know, you have to prioritize what's important to you. And, and for me, it was pretty much everything you just mentioned. I wanted to be a Montreal Canadian. I wanted to be a, a part of a team that's going to compete. Um, and you wanted to have some, some security going forward uh, long term. And they were able to give me all those things. And uh, I'm, I'm very fortunate to, to be able to, to remain a Montreal Canadian. But that was uh, those were the exact thoughts that were going through my head as, as you're making those decisions on, you know, uh, signing a contract to that length.
2: Wants to be a Canadian, has only been a Canadian. Um, wants to, to compete for the Cup and and wants uh, security. Uh, and he got all those things, so the the deal worked. A pretty simple explanation there yeah. from Brendan.
1: <laughs> Makes it all sound pretty easy, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, but he touched on the breakdown in negotiations that seemed to have been a, a bit of a, of a curve in the road.
5: It was hard, uh, if I'm being honest. It was tough. Uh, it was really the first time Uh, since I've been a Montreal Canadian where that thought went through my head that um, I was going to have to make decisions coming up in my future, whether I wanted to remain a Montreal Canadian, which was hard for me. It was, it's the only team I've ever known. It was, you know, you you really fall in love with everything about it. And um, I don't do well with change. So it wasn't something I was, I was all that happy about and all that excited about. So, um, you know, it might've might've felt like a, a pretty short turnaround for everyone else, but for me, it felt like an eternity. And, it was obviously nice to, to wake up the next day and, you know, have a little bit more positive news.
2: Glimpse into the whole negotiating process that, uh, you know, Brendan Gallagher is a pretty confident player on the ice. But when you get into these uh, back, back and forth about contract negotiations, yeah. it made him think, oh, uh, my goodness. I, you know, I maybe I'm not going to be a Montreal Canadian forever. He had to stop and think. Mark Bergevin had to stop and think about not having uh, one of his most popular players, and that forced the two sides uh, to come to an agreement.
1: Yeah. And I mean, this is obviously, I think, something that for Montreal Canadiens fans, it was very welcome news to see the following day that the Canadiens and Brendan Gallagher came to this agreement uh, after some heavy lifting from uh, Mark Bergevin and Jerry Johansson. But moving on to Brendan Gallagher discussing. The the leadership core of the Montreal Canadiens, and specifically Carey Price and Shea Weber.
2: The, this one uh, just ahead of that is going to be, and he, he he's, uh, oh, yeah. he's goes into great detail about the additions that uh, Mark Bergevin uh, has made to the roster.
5: It was it's honestly it's unbelievable um, to see the additions we've been able to make. Uh, I mean, I could go through the list. It started with with Edmondson. Um, you know, he's going to be someone on our back end that just adds to that tough to play against mentality. When you're looking at our D now, I don't think there's going to be a single forward group in the, in the league that's excited to come and and, and play our team. Uh, then it goes and gets Josh Anderson physical with scoring talent. That's, that's something that, um, you know, it's, it's hard to come to come by. He's a, he's a rare uh, breeding the league uh, a physical power forward with the size that can kind of do it all and you can also put the puck in the net so you I mean you had a player like that i think every team in the league would be happy to have him uh i forgot about uh about Allen. um you know we got a goaltender we know how good pricey is uh, he's the best goaltender in the world when he's refreshed and and healthy and has that energy and uh, we have an opportunity now to play a, a goalie that you know he can he can start for us twenty plus times and we're confident in him and, and he's going to get the job done and then that's going to make Pricey that much better which is obviously scary and then uh, just a few days ago we had you know Tafolia a guy that's pretty much scored everywhere he's been his entire life and um, you know he's the same age group as me so I know him a little bit played against him we actually played on the same team um, a couple summer hockey tournaments in Mon- Montreal uh, strange enough but uh, his his entire Life. He's he's put the puck in the net. He's found ways to score. He's on a, a Stanley Cup winning team. Um, you know, he's he's just a guy that's going to bring that experience. And uh, you know, every one of them is going to play a, a key role on our team. And, and to be able to add that many pieces, uh, it's pretty exciting. So when when I'm sitting there and you're uh, you're thinking about where you want to be, and uh, you add those pieces on top of what we had as a group and what we were building, uh, you talk about the young centermen coming up. It's it's pretty exciting right now for uh, for anyone. You know, around the Montreal Canadiens organization.
2: You want someone to give a detailed view of what just happened yeah. in the offseason? <laughs> uh, bring in Brendan Gallagher.
5: Yeah,
1: I mean, he, he surmised that very quickly and in a very effective way. And the reason why, I mean, when you think of the Montreal Canadiens, you think of the pieces that are already there and have been established, like Carey Price and Shea Weber. But when you add those guys to the fold, like Brendan Gallagher, like Brendan Gallagher just detailed, I mean, there there is a lot to be excited about, I think, if you are a player currently in the Montreal Canadiens organization. And I think that that's why for, uh, I think that's the main reason why you see Brendan Gallagher back for another six years. But yes, as I said, uh, he touched on Kerry price and Shea Weber.
5: Well, our team starts with pricey. You look at pricey his calm demeanor. uh, We feed off that. We know you, you have a, you have a very high confidence level when you look at him uh, in the back end, but, but not far behind him is, is Webb. since he's come to our team, uh, our team has taken on his demeanor. It's a, it's a competitive one, but it's a, it's a business-like attitude. And, and the, way, uh, the way he sees his teammates, treats his teammates, uh, treats his staff, uh, everything he does away from the rink I think is so important for to watch and learn from it. And you see guys start to follow him, and that's what they do without without being vocal and uh and letting uh, people know you're the leader, you're just able to get guys to follow you. And and when it's time to speak, he'll speak. But for the most part, guys, uh, guys just fall in line and, and follow his lead. And, and obviously, since he's come to our team, he's been um, everything to, you can ask for in, in a leader.
2: The noises in the background are from the Gallagher yeah. household, not <laughs> not from our microphones here. Um, I I I think um, we we talked about. Um, the leaders of this uh, club. This is Carrie Price's club. This is uh, Shea Weber's club. Uh, that's clear. And uh, with as some of them have said, you know, maybe Brendan Gallagher should be uh, captain of this team. No, uh, Brendan Gallagher would tell you Shea Weber is the captain uh, and he should be the captain. He provides the leadership and this club is, is sculpted in his form. And, And uh, Shea Weber being the captain and Carey Price being the calm, uh, influence. And those two leaders allow Brendan Gallagher to be Brendan Gallagher. They allow Jeff Petrie to be Jeff Petrie. Uh, Brendan Gallagher, uh, probably couldn't act the same way with the officials. And if, if, if he was captain, there's a whole different, uh, set of rules for that. So, um, I, I think this was very insightful, uh, into how that uh, locker room works and 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 uh, how it allows Brandon Gallagher some freedom to be who he is.
1: Yeah, and I was one of those people that said that Brendan Gallagher should be the captain back at the time. And yeah, no, it should not have been Brendan Gallagher. It should have been Shea Weber because Shea Weber, as Brennan Brendan Gallagher just detailed, everyone falls in line, and it's great when you have guys that are that are like that, that are very businesslike, that are very focused, like Carey Price and Shea Weber are. Um, and yeah, it allows, it makes everyone else's life a little bit easier. Um, and so Brendan Gallagher, uh, moving on, uh, touched on uh, wanting to prove people wrong. And if, if that's what he likes to do.
5: Everyone, everyone's a little different. Everyone you know, gets motivated by different things. And I'm, I'm going to correct you a little bit. I don't prove people wrong. I always try to prove people right. I like, to, I like to give credit to the many people that believed in me along the way. I think everyone, no matter what you go through, are going to have people doubt you. Um, but you get to where you are because of the people that believed in you and put in a lot of time and effort around you. And, and for me, I mean, I've had, I've had a ton of people, uh, you know, go back to, to teammates and coaches from your minor hockey days to your junior days. And obviously here in Montreal, um, you know, the way they've treated me, these are the people that given me a chance and believed in me. And, and right now, obviously with, with Burge and Jeff giving me this contract, it's another case of, of people instilling confidence in you. And, and those are the people that motivate me to put in the work to, to prove them right rather than the people that are, you know, against you or or naysayers that uh, that negative energy has never been something that that's really fueled me all that much.
2: This, uh, this clip really hit home for me because in my academic career, uh, a long time ago, um, a very wise uh, senior uh, (laughs) administrators said, uh, fund your hotspots, fund your hotspots. You can get mired in, in those people who are trying to who are causing problems for you, and you can spend an awful lot of time with them uh, to sort out the, those issues, or you can you can, as as uh, Brendan Gallagher says, uh, don't don't worry about people who are are uh, trying to criticize you and, and, and worry about proving them wrong. Prove the people who support you. Prove the people who are with you. Who are the people who will stand beside you. Prove them right because uh, they've contributed uh, to your success. And uh, th- 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 my philosophy is very much in line with exactly what he said there. So uh, it-, it was an important clip for me to to share.
1: Oh, just a very yeah very wholesome approach uh, for Brendan Gallagher, and uh, I know that there might be a lot of. <laughs> With Brendan Gallagher, the type of player that he is, you have to know that there's maybe a lot of negative energy, mm-hmm. mostly from other fan bases, flying at him. So the fact that he just doesn't really pay any attention to that, I mean, that's that's pretty. <laughs> that takes a lot of discipline, I think, on his part to really just want to prove those who support him that they were right about him. Uh, and the one question that I think, and, and I sort of referenced this before uh, when we talk about bringing in Toffoli and Anderson and Toffoli being... A bit of an insurance policy on the other two or you know just generally having this many options allows you the uh you know it allows for you to remain competitive if brendan gallagher and josh anderson aren't able to stay healthy uh so brendan gallagher was asked point blank if his body will hold up for the length uh, of this contract
5: <laughs> every, time I, every time i hear it i laugh um i i put i put quite a bit of work in in the summers um to prepare my body to be ready the injuries that i've had uh i've had a couple you know um knee injuries i guess concussions that are uh you know maybe body parts but other than that i mean i i broke my broke my hand from a couple slap shots i broke my jaw from a stick Uh, i think these are injuries that anybody would have and regardless what you're doing i'm going to continue to play the same way i'm not worried about my body holding up that's the the uh that's what the summers are all about we have enough time to prepare it and and to keep it ready i feel feel just as good as i did uh, a few years ago and i you know i hope it stays the same way but i'm pretty confident that i'm gonna be able to you know uh, you know be out on the ice and, and competing with my teammates and you know at the same time in seven years this isn't a, a retirement package i'm i'm still looking to play so uh you know you gotta earn your next one just like when i signed my last deal i heard these same questions how is your body gonna hold up for six more years it it found a way going to do the same thing for, for six more years after this one and and try to earn that
2: next one. So after these next seven years, he's looking for his next contract already. I love that attitude. (laughs) Um, But this was something that uh, Mark Bergevin was asked a a few weeks ago about the risk of, of signing a um, long-term lucrative deal with Brendan Gallagher. And, and he said, of course there's a risk, but uh, I don't want, Galley to play any other way. This is the way. This is the way he plays. This is who he is. Uh, so I accept that risk.
1: Yeah, and I mean, when he's produced for you the way that he has, I mean you almost have to do this given the fact that Brendan Gallagher has given up so much for this team and played through so much I mean in the playoffs wasn't just the draw. I mean he was also dealing with a, a myriad of other injuries that he accrued along the way so this is something that I think when you look at Brendan Gallagher when people say that he is the heart of this team and even Carey Price saying that that Brendan Gallagher's heart is something to be to marvel at I mean, this is uh, something that needed to get done, and it's good that it did. And we'll we'll see how the next uh, <laughs> the next seven years go for Brendan Gallagher. Hopefully, uh, he's he's able to stay healthy. But as you said, uh, Mark Bergevin, um, a very emotional Mark Bergevin, mm-hmm. uh, talking about uh, Brendan Gallagher and what he loves about Gallagher.
3: I mean, he, like I said, I, since day one, I, I watch. I became a Joe manager. He's been on our team, and uh, I mean, you saw in the playoff, he got cross checked in the face. And he wouldn't want to miss a shift. He didn't want to leave. I mean, he, you have guys in the past I've seen, they get uh, they get slashed and they get a fingernail missing and they're finding a way not to play. This guy is just, he's everything you want about a hockey player. And that's what I love about him. Now let's
2: remind ourselves that uh, uh, Brendan Gallagher kind of, he didn't have a very good playoff. He disappeared for for the playoffs. He, yep. he wasn't very effective. And... Um, maybe, maybe controversial. Uh, uh, Kirk Muller certainly got his attention uh, by benching him in the third period, essentially, uh, for a game. The next game, he was, he came out a man possessed, uh, and he was a different player. Now, um, you know, everybody says uh, that Brendan Gallagher uh, he doesn't take a shift off, and and he's and and a lot of those are are cliches, and and of course it's not true, um, and 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 he does have his he takes bad penalties, he you know yeah, um, uh, so uh, as a fan favorite, he kind of gets uh, the benefit of the doubt a lot of times, but um, Mark Bergevin, um, well uh, Brendan Gallagher in his press conference talked about. Uh, just that uh, if you're a 25 or 30 goal player uh, what do you do in the other 50 games um, you, that you're not scoring assuming you're getting a goal in a game um, and and he said he has to he has to uh, do other things and and generate energy and 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 uh, Mark Bergevan said uh, right there that that one of the reasons he loves them is that you know, he is that kind of energy guy that he doesn't want to come off the ice. He can inspire the team in, in um, even when he's, as this past uh, playoff showed, he wasn't having a particularly good playoff.
1: Yeah. And I mean, it's it's about how you deal with that as well. And I mean, Mark and and Brendan Gallagher talking about wanting to prove people right. I mean, you have to imagine that given the fact, as you mentioned, he wasn't effective throughout the playoffs. Uh, that that's going to be something that motivates him as well. He's always been that type of person, that type of player that has always uh, seemingly been motivated by um, whether it's the team coming up short or himself, he always seems to bounce back. So that'll be something to watch. But uh, Mark Bergevin also touched on the personality of Brendan Gallagher, saying that he is uh, no
3: maintenance. Uh, his character is... Uh, <laughs> eight years I've been here, and every time I cross, uh, either on the bus or on, on the plane, it's always, a hey, burst. And he walks by like there's not like, like I said, there's high maintenance, there's middle maintenance, there's no maintenance and there's no maintenance. And that's Brendan Gallagher. He just love he's a hockey player through his bone. And that's what I love about him.
2: That's the greatest compliment. He's a hockey player and yeah. uh, a guy that that uh, is very down to earth and um, and doesn't need any any maintenance.
1: Yeah. And I mean, the, and and the one thing that I found really interesting was Gallagher in his press conference saying that. Uh, Cole Caulfield was one of the first people to reach out and text him after he signed that contract, and yeah, that's exactly it. He's he's very he's a down to earth guy. Remember back to the draft last year and the and the the interaction that they had with Brendan Gallagher being there in Vancouver. I mean, he is that guy, and uh, it's going to be an interesting uh, thing going forward. Uh, and uh, yeah, certainly, uh, as you can see by his play on the ice, not very high maintenance at all. Um, so, Rick, we're gonna take. A quick break here we had a lot to get through there Mm -hmm. in that in that they said what segment but uh, when we come back uh, we're going to talk about winning in Quebec and and the the sort of challenges that exist of being successful in Quebec the criticism that has continued for Trevor Timmons following the 2020 NHL entry draft we're going to get to all of that after a quick break stay with us here on the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio.
0: Passionate and willing to dedicate yourself to a remarkable team. Visit allhabs.net and click the join our team tab today In every city around the world sports fans flock to popular watering holes to share a few pints some good grub and to cheer for their team Think your favorite sports bar deserves to be recognized? Or are you traveling to a new place and need to find the perfect spot to watch a game? HockeyPub.com is the answer. Find out where the best spots are in your city to eat, drink, and meet fellow fans. HockeyPub.com. Want the latest Habs news? With game previews, reviews, and highlights? How about full coverage of development camps and special events? Looking to follow the Laval Rocket more closely this season? Perhaps you'd like to learn more about team prospects? Would you like a place to socialize with hockey fans all over the world? We've got what you're looking for at allhabs.net, the place where you'll find everything you need to be the most informed and connected Habs fan around, allhabs.net.
1: And we're back here on the Canadians Connection podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Joe Whalen19. Uh, You follow Rick at All Habs. You follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit our website at CanadiansConnection.com. So, Rick, we touched on this very briefly last week. Of course, the main focus of last week's episode was coming out of the NHL entry draft and then the beginning of free agency. Um, But... The one thing that we we sort of touched on was the fact that Montreal Canadiens did not draft any players from Quebec or from the QMJHL, and, and that generated a little bit of controversy. And and Trevor Timmins had to go on the defensive a little bit, and and say that it you know it hurts him to not draft somebody from the Q each year. you know every, any year that it happens it, it hurts him that he doesn't do it. Um, his wife uh, being um, you know having francophone last name Poirier so. He he went on the defensive last week, but the criticism continued into this week, and it sparked the conversation and one that we've had in the past. We usually every off season, I think, in the in the three in the three seasons we've done this, I think we've had the conversation at least once per season about the challenges of winning or being successful in Quebec.
2: Well, it's it it, it it's very challenging, and uh, I think back to Pierre Boivin, who. Uh, when he was leaving as President of the Canadians, outlined how difficult how difficult it was operating. and um and in turn, winning, being successful. And um, as he said, much of the uh, the constraints are self-imposed. and uh, and this response, uh, you know, uh, the 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 criticism of Trevor Timmons is uh, is completely unfounded. Um, he's one of the smartest talent evaluators in all of of the NHL, and he, he probably would be a general manager anywhere else. Um, and and has uh, does have uh, sympathy, compassion, understanding of of what it takes to be uh, you know a a, a a selector in in this uh, in this environment, um, and you know. The the criticism of Timmons is, uh, you know, he was criticized for not uh, with a seventh round choice not taking uh, a player from the queue this past year. Well, Mark Bergevan traded that choice, um, yeah. and and the same goes uh, with that second round pick. And we've talked about it before of uh, Girard, who was on his list ready to be, and Mark Bergevan traded that pick. So the 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 it's equally shared. Um, last week, we had Stéphane Leroux coming out with that critical article and, and then journalists lining up on either side. We told you Francois Gagnon put out, a, uh, I thought, a, a really middle-of-the-road, uh, logical kind of piece. This past week, we had more articles coming out being critical of, of Trevor Timmons. And uh, like there was an article um, in uh, Le Journal de Montréal, and I thought, who in the world is that guy? I've never heard of him. <laughs> Um, well, he's not—he's not a sports reporter at all, Matthew Bacote, Um He's a sovereigntist, a political reporter. He—he—he's—you uh, know—advocates uh, uh, Quebec separatism. And he was, he was criticizing uh, Trevor Timmons and, and saying, this is a reason we should separate. Uh, and, and he qualified it saying, um, you know, uh, I don't know hockey at all. However, I know that Trevor Timmons should be selecting uh, players from Quebec, which, um, again, this brings this into a whole different kind of sphere uh, than any other team in the NHL uh, has to deal with.
1: The only thing, the only thing in recent memory that has ever come close to this, and it's always present in Montreal, it just is, but the only thing that comes close is thinking about this was years ago on Coach's Corner when Don Cherry uh, criticized Brian Burke, the then GM of the Toronto Maple Leafs, about selecting U.S. college guys over OHL talent. But even that pales in comparison because Mm. this is something that we come back to Every single year, if the Montreal Canadiens don't take a guy from the queue or if they just don't have guys from Quebec. I mean, right now you're looking at you have Jonathan Drewen, you have Philip Deneau, you have Paul Byron who speaks French, he's from more of the Ottawa area. But I mean, like you, you look at that, and I mean, it's always the cause of controversy, even though the challenge that exists in trying to be a competitive NHL team is hard enough without having those constraints put on you. And it was even more, I think to hear that from people who don't really know hockey is one thing, but then to hear it from Serge Savard, the former defenseman and general manager of the Montreal Canadiens, I think that enters an entire new, I think that it it gains credibility then when it's him that says it at least a little bit.
2: Yeah, Serge Savard loved him as a player, um, appreciated uh, what he did as as a GM. But once he was fired from Montreal, and and uh, you know he references that uh, in his comments uh, this week, uh, he said that's a scar that will never be completely healed. He's still bitter about being fired from yeah. from the Montreal Canadiens, and he uh, jumped in with both feet uh, on Trevor Tam- Trevor Timmins saying. Uh, for Trevor Timmons, bringing in a guy from Ramuski is no more important than Moose Jaw, uh, and says uh, that that Timmons didn't doesn't have the character that uh, that that Serge had, and I th- I think that that's really really uh, unfortunate because um, it's just not true, and 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 Serge went and talked about you know back in his day. Uh, he felt that the, the queue was um, kind of a, a hidden gem, a hidden secret that, you know, is kind of undersc- underscouted so that the Canadians with the queue in their back door could take full advantage. Well, you know, the, the state of scouting uh, by all teams uh, these days, uh, that just doesn't exist. It's just a, it's a myth that, that the Canadians and, and other teams, uh, you know, don't scout the queue. They fully scout uh, all teams. Um, but this comes from Serge's. Uh, you know, he has a bias. Um, he he, and he spoke about it. Uh, you know, he was involved in the hiring of Mark Bergevin uh, as an advisor to Jeff Molson, um, and he said that uh, he told Mark uh, upon his hiring directly, um, and he said, "I guess I guess Bergevin didn't listen to me." The people will let you win in English, but they won't let you lose in English, uh, which I thought was an interesting comment. And we we have to temper this by remembering that that, uh, Serge Savard uh, was involved in pursuing ownership of a, of a new NHL franchise in Quebec for the Nordiques. And his pledge at that time, his promise, was that the roster would be 100% francophone, which seems a little silly now, but, but that's what, what he was uh, uh, promising. Um, and so he comes at this whole thing with a, with a particular bias, I think. And it's just the whole thing is rather unfortunate, and I think it's really unfortunate that um, there's this notion out there that um, that fans growing up in Quebec can't relate to anyone else other than a francophone, and uh, I don't understand what what uh, the semantics of of uh, bringing a, a, a homegrown player. Uh, to your development camp when there's no, you know, uh, chance of, of them making the roster. I don't understand taking uh, a, a Q player with a seventh round show just just yeah. to show the fit. Fa- I don't understand any of that. It, yeah. I don't get any of that. It's just semantics. Um, and, and listen, we live in a, a, a culturally diverse country. Everyone in this country is expected to relate to each other Irrespective of language, irrespective of culture, religion, gender, race—all of that. Um, growing up, I had—I uh, was a fan of the Montreal Canadiens, and and language had nothing to do with whether I liked a player or not. I had trouble understanding some of the of my heroes uh, that had trouble communicating in English, but it didn't matter. No. Um, it 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 didn't matter. There was that connection anyway. Um, and and fans, young children, uh, they'll relate. They'll they'll relate however they want. They'll choose the the players they like, regardless of whether their first language is is French or English or Swedish or Finn or Belarusian. Yeah. Um, it's it's just uh, I I don't know. Um, I, I I don't I I I have a difficulty with this, and I think about um, you know because uh, we had. Um, uh, Bobby Farnham on uh, on uh, the Press Zone uh, last week, and and uh, Bobby, uh, a player from from New England, Massachusetts, um, has that that bit of a accent, that bit of a twang, yeah. And Bobby Farnham uh, connects with fans wherever he goes, uh, whether the games that he played in in you know playing for New Jersey, the the yeah. the the handful of games in Montreal. In Saint John's uh, or in Belfast, uh, where he is now, and and he said, you know, um, I d- uh, and speaking about Saint John's and uh, Belfast, he said, uh, you know, there was a few that I didn't understand what they were saying, and they certainly didn't understand my accent, <laughs> but we connected, we connected yeah. in some way, and this whole focus on language. Uh, seems to be missing, uh, missing all of that. That there are connections made, irrespective of of language.
1: And, and you know, sports fans. I think it's a lot more simple than than anything than you need to make it out to be. Because sports fans, at the end of the day, they like good players and they like hardworking players. And if you're a good player and a hardworking player, then I think that they're gonna find a way to connect with the with that player. I mean, it's just you look at and, and you mentioned. I mean. Uh, we'll get to this in a little bit in, in some greater detail, but you have guys like Koivu, Markov, Plakanich, and you have guys like Price, Weber, and Gallagher from Western Canada. Those six guys, I mean, you can argue the most popular guys of the tw- 2000s and into the 2010s. Those six guys, I mean, we did the bracket challenge and, and those were the guys that you saw winning out rounds in that challenge because they're fan favorites. And we're going to get to that in just a moment, but you also, in, in, in addition to this, that I think what compounded the problem and the issue was you also had Mark Bergevin at the NHL entry draft in announcing the Montreal Canadiens first first round selection of Caden Gooley. Uh, you had him make an error uh, with his verb uh, saying selecte instead of seleccione. And uh, unfortunately, that also led to some controversy.
4: Mark Bergman, executive vice president and general
3: manager of the Montreal Canadiens, will make the 16th selection in the 2020 NHL Draft. Thanks, Gary. <laughs> Les Canadiens de Montréal sont fiers de sélectionner. The Montreal Canadiens select from the Western Hockey League Prince Albert Raiders, Caden Gooley.
2: Oh no! That that's that's. That's yeah. inexcus- You may not have heard that, so uh, yeah, we'll play, cool. we'll play that Canadians again.
3: Les de Montréal de the Montreal Canadiens select from the Western Hockey League, Prince Albert Raiders, Caden Gouley.
1: How dare he? <laughs> I, listen, uh... It's, it's a tough thing to, to be in that spot because it's easy enough to just, yeah, yeah listen, last segment, I couldn't say generally. It's, it's easy enough, right? It's easy enough to slip like that. And unfortunately, Mark Bergerman did it at a very important moment. And in the midst of all the criticism about not selecting a French-born talent, this happens. And, uh, and he apologized about it and uh, profusely at that. He actually apologized profusely about this.
2: But he, uh, yeah, he kind of made uh,
3: light of it at, at did. first. Yeah, they speak to you in English, obviously, and, and uh, the sad part is uh, I'm not an expert in any language, so it's, I wish I could pick one and do it right. But I, I, even when I talk in English, I get these, uh, I get confused at times. Now that should have been enough.
1: <laughs> that should have been it. <laughs> that was yeah.
3: that was uh, that was cute. That was
2: funny. That was, yep. um, and and listen, I get confused in both languages, but apparently. Uh, that's not enough, and it bothers me a little bit that that this is the same team who apologized for hiring, a very logical hiring, moving up, Randy Cut- Cunningworth, uh, for moving up, Kirk Muller. They had to come out and apologize for uh, logically putting Kirk Muller into the head coaching position when Claude Julien had had a medical emergency. A
1: medical emergency.
2: Um, and and uh, here, again, uh, Mark Bergevin uh, went uh, well beyond what I thought was necessary uh, when he said, "If I've offended uh, people, I really and, sincere and sincerely apologize." And he went on w- in great deal, uh, great detail, saying that, uh, "Listen, um, the fact that I, I I lived in the United States for 29 years that's that's uh, diluted my French, and 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 blame it on that, or blame it on the fact that." Uh, I, I sat and, and talked with Trevor Timmons for six hours, and, and uh, that affected my French. And then he went on to say that he's going to have to improve, and he's committed to, to taking uh, French lessons to, to improve his, his French. And I thought, oh my goodness, yeah. if Marc Bergevin's French is not good enough, uh, for, what, what hope do any of us non, <laughs> non-native uh, French speakers have?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think that that is just going a little bit above and beyond what's required. In this scenario, you had a guy who stepped up to the podium and mispronounced a word. Uh, really, I mean, it, it just, I, I don't understand where all of that is coming from. But to get back to what we were, we were sort of touching on, uh, you had Martin McGuire of 98.5 FM. Uh, he asked a question and, and he said Gallagher is a favorite player of Francophones in Quebec.
3: How special is it to be established as one of the favorite players of the French part of this country in Promise of Quebec? How special is it for you?
5: Uh, It it means means everything. I mean, for me, uh, to come out here, I I really had no expectations. I was just trying to to be a hockey player and to be a part of a a winning team. That's really your only goal. Uh, You first want to make the team and then you want to be a a player that the organization respects. um, the way the fans have embraced me and the way, uh, you know, obviously, obviously it's, it's, there's so many Habs fans outside of Quebec. Uh, but when you're dealing with, with strictly Quebec, everywhere I've been, everywhere my family's been, uh, they've been nothing but, but respectful to us. And, and that's something that, um, you know, it doesn't go unnoticed. I, I really do. Uh, I really do love that city and I love the people and you love the fans and that's something that, uh, you know, very happy I get to to be a part of for another seven years. Well, there's there's Martin
2: McGuire 98.5 FM uh, acknowledging that Brendan Gallagher is a favorite of uh, a, a favorite player for uh, those Habs fans in Quebec, and and um, Brendan Gallagher saying how much it means to him. And I think this whole notion that uh, you know. Uh, Fans, Habs fans in Quebec can only like, can only relate to uh, francophone players. is simplistic and and it just the reality is it doesn't work that way. And certainly, uh, the the Habs fans that listen to this show and that I've met in person, they want. They, they they were they they respect different qualities as you were saying hardworking players exciting players dynamic players, no matter what language they speak or where they're from and primarily they want players who can help them the team win. Our our listeners, the the fans that we know, they want a Stanley Cup. They want a win a winning team regardless where these these players come from. Uh, and it's time I think that that the. Uh, the media, uh, some of the media, and and uh, you know the 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 academics in in in, uh, in Quebec and other recognize that that this narrow view is just really out of date.
1: Yeah, and I mean, listen, as I was sort of getting into, you have I think in Carrie Price. I mean, there's been times where a portion of the fan base has turned on Carey Price over the last few years, but it's hard to argue that there's been a more visceral, authentic reaction than the Carey chants that ring out uh, at the Bell Centre in Montreal when, when Carey Price makes a remarkable save. You find talent and fans will appreciate it. It's great if it comes from Quebec, but winning is too hard to put these limitations on yourself. And at the end of the day... It's a it's a game. It's a sport, right? It's about winning. It's about having fun, but it's about winning, too, And especially at the professional level. It's about winning. And yeah, Montreal Canadiens fans want to see a Stanley Cup and these players want to win a Stanley Cup. And how do you do that? You find talent and wherever it comes from that that you worry about that later. Uh, so, Rick, uh, we've, we've said an awful lot about this as well. So we're going to take our final break here on the Canadians Connection podcast. Stay with us here on Rocket Sports Radio.
0: The Canadians Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM its team, and its portfolio of brands at Rocketsportsmedia.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked-out hockey cave or fan inc. Well, don't just show your friends, show your Habs! The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans.
1: And welcome back to episode 106 of the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. You can follow Ad Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram and visit our website at CanadiansConnection.com. Uh, so, Rick... Had a, quite a lot to get to on this episode of the Canadians Connection podcast. Mark Bergevin gave us a lot to talk about, and he was talking a lot himself uh, this week. So uh, another fun episode here on the Canadians Connection podcast.
2: A great episode, and uh, our listeners have told us that They Said What is one of the the favorite uh, parts <laughs> of, of this show. And so there was plenty this week uh, to choose from, and we, we kind of uh, streamlined uh, some of the... Uh, the audio, so that we give you the most important ones. Um, and And l- we do listen to 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 our listeners. Uh, we We really appreciate your feedback. And uh, I- anytime you want to say anything to us, uh, with respect to the team, with respect to the way we do things, uh, you can reach us reach out to us on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, and the like. You can send us uh, an email info at allhabs.net or you can use our twenty-four hour Rocket Sports text line which is five eight five three rocket five eight five three rocket and we got lots of response uh this past week and we'll probably get to that next week we got lots of response because again i just want to say thank you it was our most listened to uh episode of 2020 maybe next week we'll be saying that about this episode yeah let's go well could be so to help that along maybe uh you can uh, be sure you're subscribed be sure you're subscribed on whatever podcast platform you use uh, or visit allhabs.net or visit canadiansconnection.com. We give you all kinds of options uh, to, uh, to to follow us and to get caught up on any of the content you missed. Uh, but subscribe and also share uh, this podcast and, and encourage your friends to do the same. And and uh, we will continue to um, be the voice of... of the voice that fans can trust, and we've done that for over a decade now, and we're really uh, glad that uh, our regular listeners uh, are are so supportive. And and uh, so I I say to all of you, uh, thanks once again, and uh, we're committed to being with you here every single week uh, uh, until the re- the season returns again, and then we'll be uh, right back into game action <laughs> to talk about.
1: And uh, as well as this podcast, the Canadians Connection, you should also uh, certainly subscribe to the Press Zone as well. Um, and and you referenced uh, the wonderful interview you guys had you and Amy Johnson, our friend and colleague Amy Johnson, had with Bobby Farnham, former member of the Montreal Canadiens organization, the uh, St. John's IceCaps. He's now over in Belfast. Was playing in Belfast uh, before all this happened, but. Uh, yeah, a tremendous interview with Bobby Farnham, and, uh, and definitely one week. that you won't want to miss and next and week. Next
2: week we have an interview coming up with uh, a player that was part of the return to play and and uh, playoffs. Just that's that's all. Wow, that's all on the there press you go. That's it.
1: That's all we have. Let's, we'll just we'll hit them with a little bit of the tease, then you have to <laughs> wait until until that drops uh, later on. But Rick. Uh, it's been a pleasure to be here with you here today. And certainly, as you said, want to thank all of our listeners. Um, and if you aren't subscribed, uh, hit that subscribe button on whatever podcast platform. Tell all your friends and uh, we'll be back with you next week to discuss all things Montreal Canadiens and maybe see if uh, this episode becomes our most listened to of 2020. So thank you for tuning in to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio.
0: Click subscribe so you never miss an episode of Canadians Connection. Visit allhabs.net for breaking news about the Montreal Canadiens.